it's Dimity here with the Train Like a Mother Club, and I am joined today on this lovely Thursday afternoon by Coach Amanda Loudon, who coaches our traditional programs. So the 10K, 10 miler, half marathon, marathon program. I think we're gonna hit all of them today. Yeah. Um, so how you doing, Amanda? I'm good, how about you? I'm good, I'm good. It looks like it's a nice fall day out there. It's the first fall day is what it is. And yeah. So nice. I mean, oh my gosh, I'm I'm giddy. <laughs> yeah. Did you um did you uh, run this morning? No, I actually I just swam because I have a long run tomorrow and um and I've had a pretty heavy um load of running this week. So I, I just swam, took it easy, and it's one of our last days in our outdoor pools. Here oh, nice. The, okay. Yeah, they close October first, so it was nice. nice also to get in outside. Yeah. Good. Hey, do you have a pair of headphones available, like easily to plug in your computer or not yeah let me go look Hold i on. hear do you have crickets in your background or am i making that up no <laughs> can you hear do you, can you hear can crickets move, you know what do you want me to move my i can move inside can i think I inside I, I don't know if it's that but i just yeah. hear this this uh it might be it no, might there just, are crickets oh <laughs> okay are. that's what it is yeah okay <laughs> sorry it looks so nice out there i no, feel no, bad no, to make no, you move it's but fun. I'm just like, I could see someone like tuning in to like at like mile 12 of a long run and they'll be like, what is that noise? It's so annoying. <laughs> All right. This there should be go. quieter. Okay. Thank you. I wish that I could be sitting outside too. Yeah. But... No, it's all good. Okay. Um, I could tell that there was, it's, it's getting, it's getting um, chilly here because, uh, or towards fall here. Um, you know, normally when I walk the dogs, I try to stay out of the sun, right? Yeah. Like I'm on, I pick the side of the street and the sidewalk that has more shade. And this morning I was like, oh my gosh, I want the sun. That's a yeah. sign. Yeah. yeah. It's like. It is. It is. One more second. Hold on. Yep. Speaking of dogs. Right. Sorry, mine has to follow me wherever I go. So when I yes. come in, I have to come in. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're going to dive in. These are kind of in random order, but, um, and we have some people listening right now. So if the, if I'm reading your question and you have other, you know, uh, um, questions you want to add on to that, you can do that. Oh. Something else comes up. There's a chat button at the bottom of your screen. So you can grab that. Um, so we'll start with Kelly's question. Um, so this is the half marathon group. Uh, I'm following the run walk plan. Um, weeks 12 to 15 give us the option to pick our interval for our long runs. How do we decide what we should do? 12 to 14 minutes, so it's, I mean, I'm sorry, it's 10 to 14 minutes is the run, and then two minutes is the walk. So that's our, their range can either go from 10 to 14 minutes and then take a two minute walk. She said it feels like a big range to pick from. Um, and then, so, and let me give you the second question too, because they kind of go together. My second question, is there value and benefit for changing our intervals during the long run? Like starting out at a 10-2 and building to a 14-2 make a difference? Or doing it in reverse order, so when we are tired toward the end of a run, walk breaks come up more frequently. Um, so yeah, so how do they pick between that 10 and 14 minutes? Because those, those four minutes, especially when you're tired, make, make a difference. Yeah, I mean, I really think it, it should be based on feel. I mean, if you're feeling good and if you've been consistently um, working up your intervals and, and you feel like you can make it the 14, by all means, try to stretch it to the 14. That's only going to benefit you. Um, okay. If you're not feeling it that day and, 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 you know, you feel like you need to make it, make it just smaller intervals, that's fine too. That's why there is a range in there. Any option within there is fine. Um, it, as to like switching it up within a run, again, that is up to you. But if you want to practice, um, I, I would, the way I would do it would be to, um, 
maybe start with the like so say you were starting with an 11 2 interval at the beginning of the run try to work it so that at the end you're making the, the 14 2 interval um you know that's training your body to go longer and and you know work harder during um the end miles when you're tired um and that's only going to benefit you on race day yep i i agree i agree yeah challenge yourself on those runs um to go a little bit longer is great um so then um, Lisa's kind of uh, coming up a, a little bit of a piggyback on that question. What run walk intervals do we use for race day? Whatever feels good based on our long runs leading up to race day or a specific interval. So again, I realize that there's probably a little bit of a nebulous answer here, but um, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, um, if you've built yourself up to the longer intervals and you're comfortable there, you can definitely handle it on race day. Um, you know, I would encourage you to even, you know, if you want to try, you know, running longer segments during the race, that's fantastic. So um, kind of let your body be the judge, but you know, you're going to be a little rested on race day and you might be able to handle more than you want. You're going to get swept up in the, the fun of the day and, and have the crowds with you. And, and so, you know, keep, keep tabs on yourself. And if you're, you know, getting wiped out by it, then definitely reel it back in, but, but see what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, I mean, I like the idea of, um, Kelly kind of mentioned it starting at a 14, if that's kind of where you feel like it's a sweet spot and seeing if you can hang for that whole half marathon, right? If you right. need to take it down to 13, 12, you can and keeping your, your, your walk breaks brisk, you know? Um, but yeah, race it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Expect the best out of yourself. If you've done yeah. a great training cycle, you're going to, uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised, I think, especially Agreed. with the taper, Agreed. right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, all right. I know you love the pacing questions, so we're just going to dive. They're going to kind of come back and forth. Um, we'll go in and out of different pacing questions, but Heidi's wondering how to figure out her paces for a 10 miler when she hasn't raced in um, two years. She hasn't raced over five miles in two years. So where's, so she's doing the Twin Cities 10 miler. It's in about mm -hmm. two or two weeks, I think now, a little, mm -hmm. a little more. I mean, I think um, in, in a case like that, you um, definitely should take a look back over your training and how it's gone and kind of have a sense for what you've been capable of in training. Um, I know, again, that is, you know, a little bit gray and nebulous and not very specific, but um, that's really the best indicator of where you are, what your fitness level is right now. If you've been running a, a you know, goal race pace miles, and if you're holding five miles at your goal race pace and you're getting ready to race a 10 miler, that's a pretty good indicator you can do that. You know, um, yeah. I know that might seem impossible to you right now. Like, oh my goodness, that's twice the distance. But um, everything's designed to build up to that point and to taper you out and, you know, deliver you on race day fresh and ready to go. So, um, yeah. That, I mean, com compare that to a half marathon effort. And I, I, it's hard because they're, they're pretty similar races, but that extra 5k at the end, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's a half, you know, it could be half an hour. It could be a little less. It could be more, but yeah. Um, you know, how do you like on a, how do you race com compare the effort and kind of how you would kind of mentally think about your effort during a race for a 10 miler versus a half marathon? Yeah. I mean, it's not a, huge difference but three miles does make a difference like you said so um i mean i'd more i guess probably do it by if you're sticking to a particular goal pace say you want to run an 8:30. um say you would typically run or uh, 
okay, she said she doesn't have a typical because it's been so long, but yeah. um, in, in anyone, like if, if you would normally run, say, an 8.30 for a half marathon, um, for a 10-miler, then maybe you'd be running something in the um, range of like an 8.20 to an 8.25. Not a huge difference per mile pace, but it's going to be a faster mile pace, you know, 10 to 5, 10, 15 seconds difference um, per mile, sure. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing I will say, Heidi, about the, the Twin Cities 10 miler is it's usually just ideal, right? It's usually perfect weather, you know, um, you know, great course. I think it's one of the best courses in the country. I love that course so much. Yes, there are a couple hills, but for the most part, it is very runner uh, favorable. Um, so I would also, I mean, I remember running it a couple of years ago um, and I just, I, I had no idea what to expect. And I just took the first couple miles kind of easy. And then I was like, wow, okay, now I only have six miles to go. And all of a sudden, like that, that, that loss of those three miles, you know, when you're used to a half marathon, it makes it feel a lot more doable. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, let's see what I can do. Right. And at that point, you're going to have a nice idea of how you can feel. But, you know, I yeah. mean, the, the same, the same um, tenets for most races apply here. I mean, you want to start slow, right. You know, mm -hmm. but, but you don't have such a runway as you would in a marathon. Maybe your first two miles are a little bit slower. And then you kind of see where you are, wouldn't you yeah, say? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. okay. And um, I love, you know what, the 10 mile distance too, like you were just talking about. I love um, not having a point anything. There's something about ending, right? Yes. The number that's yes. So <laughs> oh, and it's and you, and you and it's right at double digits, right? It's like yeah. right at that like point of like, yes, I really had a nice long run today, yeah. you know? Yeah. So like everything about it is just yeah. lovely. You're right. Having that <laughs> point one, point two gone. Because every, I swear to God, they, they like, you know, there's something about it mentally yeah. and that it just yeah. is, it always feels twice as long as it should. For sure. Absolutely. Um, okay. Here's another pacing one from Monica. So she's trying to help her BRF, her best running friend, to a half marathon PR. So she wants to average um, 10.45 a mile. So she's looking for about a 2.21 total. Um, she says, what is our best strategy to accomplish this? Do we try to keep that pace steady for every mile or start slower and work up to it? Um, let's start with that first. Um, so, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, every, all research shows that even pacing is pretty much the ideal scenario, but you have to understand even pacing doesn't mean you're going to hit that same pace every single mile. Yes. Um, and so you have to adjust, like this is your ideal pace for every mile, but when you're climbing a hill, you're going to back off and, and you're not going to worry about what that says on your watch. You want it to feel the same. You want your effort to feel the same as what that flat mile just felt like. Um, but it's, it's going to be different. Same thing with a downhill. You're probably going to go speedier than what, what your goal pace is on a downhill, but that's okay. It will hopefully all even out. So as far as starting goes, always start conservatively um, and ease into your race. And um, hopefully it's going to leave you with something in the tank for, for the later miles when you're starting to get fatigued. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so if she, like at 1045, if she sees a couple splits that are 1115 or even, you know, maybe even a little bit slower than that, or if she sees a 1030, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, whoa, you know, like that's all okay. Right. I mean, it's all okay. Except, you know, except for, I would say the one thing about, like I say, a 1030, you don't want your first mile to look that way, but if it does, you know, and it's happened to all of us before, yes. um, you know, I mean, look at your watch, go, whoa, I need to reel this in and slow it way, way down, um, sure. you know, to, to salvage it. You're not, 
you haven't blown your whole race in the first mile, um, but but you could blow it in the second or third mile if you're still going still going that fast. fast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There is no, I mean, I know it, I know we all rationally know this, but it sometimes helps to hear it. There is no banking time in yep. a marathon or a half marathon. You just yep. cannot do it. There's no, you can't make up, can't run 745s and think that that's going to make up for the end of the race when you are running 1145s because you right. ran 745s. I right. mean, God, I wish, you know. Yeah. If I could bake, if I could have baked time, I would be a millionaire. Like, let's just say that, you know, like I, every time I'm like, today is going to be different, right? Today, this one's going to be different. And you're like, you know what, Dimity, it's not different. Like no, you still have the not. same body. You still have the same human physiology. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So then Monica's second part to her question. Um, I would love some guidance about um, effort levels at various stages of the race and how to stay motivated, not motivated, not to quote unquote, take the deal. So Let's talk about um, the race. So it's a half marathon, miles one to six. Let's split it in half first. One to six, what kind of effort level are they looking for? I mean, your your first few miles should definitely be feeling very, very easy and should be easy, you know, easing into things. And then the next couple, you know, you want to be around your goal pace at that point. Um, and it should still feel not necessarily easy as you're getting around mile six, but it should feel fairly comfortable, not too terribly taxing at that stage yet. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then as the miles, as after you pass that halfway point, talk about um, where, you know, do you, do you hang in that kind of comfortably hard place until what point? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, every you know, race shakes out differently, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, theoretically, you're on pace at that point, and, um, you know, and you're going to hopefully be in a groove in that pace. Like, you're going to be able to feel that pace, and it's going to be, you know, what feels about right, challenging, but yet doable. Um, and I would say in a half marathon, like around eight or nine, if you're, if you're running for, you know, a, a goal time, you're going to start feeling it. You're going to feel that fatigue around that point. No, no question about it. And just accept it and know that it's normal and, um, you know, keep, keep pushing. And then, you know, definitely the last couple, you're going to be fatigued. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's going to happen. Um, and it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Race and races are meant to challenge you if you are choosing to run your race that way. Yes. Yes. So not take the deal. So a couple of things that are helpful with that is um, having raced a smart race. You, um, and you're on pace for PR, that is a lovely feeling and you want to get there, right? Like yeah. you want to, you don't want to lose all the work that you've done. Yeah. So, um, so that's one way not to take the deal is to just to, to be smart up to that point and, and to have run the race that you needed to run. Yeah. Um, the second one I think is important is it, it kind of is a corollary to that is so many people will have done the dimity way of running, which is, oh, I can hold on to these really fast splits for 13 miles and around 10 or at some point they are going to have a rough time, right? And mm -hmm. if you ran it smart, you are going to be able to pass them. Um, mm -hmm. And that is, again, a really big confidence booster. I mean, I am not a competitive person really much, but when I, when you have the ability to start flying by people and ticking them off and just like, not ticking them off as in making them angry, but like, yeah. hi, I'm going to get you your number one. I'm going to get you your number two, you know, yeah. in your head. Yeah. Um, that is such a lovely, it just, it just builds on itself. It's this lovely momentum. 
Um, yes. So, but you got to give yourself the opportunity to do that, right? Yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, let all those people <laughs> that you'll pass later on, let them yes. go at the beginning because yes. you will see them later on yes. if you're running well. Yeah, exactly. And then the final thing, and I think we've talked about this a lot, but realize, Monica, and remind your friend that it's supposed to hurt, right? And, and that's a good thing, right? To not, it's hard to lean into the pain. That sounds a little masochistic, but the point is, is if you are challenging yourself, challenge is not comfortable, right? Yeah. And so, you know, if you can hang on, can we hang on for five more minutes? Okay, let's get to that next sign. Okay, let's get to, you know, your husband at the mile 13 or whatever it is. Just keep, yeah. you know, giving yourself little goals to make it so that, um, you know, it's not like, oh, I have to, I have to get through the next six miles at this comfortably hard pace. Like, no, right. you don't. You have to get to, to six and a half and then you have to right. get to seven, you know? Yeah, so. for sure. Okay. Um, Holly and Lauren were asking about warm-ups, um, a warm-up before a half marathon. So, um, so Lauren says, I have a challenging goal pace in mind. Does that make the warm-up more important? And will I look like a tool if I'm running a warm-up? <laughs> no, you will not look like a tool, yeah. but, um, and how far should my warm-up be? Uh, so I need, you know. Yeah, um, no, I, I think absolutely for every single race you do, unless you're just going out for a comfortable run, you should always warm up before a race. Always, always, always. Um, and, you know, I would start with whatever, if, if you typically warm up before a run, use those same moves as a starting point. And then, yes, go out and do a little shakeout. I mean, anywhere from five to ten minutes, um, I think is a good sweet spot. I would throw in a couple of pickups even just to kind of, get the legs moving and the blood flowing. And, um, you know, you want to, there, I mean, there's a saying that, that ideally now it's not easy to do on a, on a really big race, but you want to arrive on that start line, um, a little bit, a little bit sweaty, the tiniest bit winded, you know, like not, not exhausted, of course, yeah, but, yeah. but you, you want to like have things moving and it'll be so much easier for you than to take off, um, you know, and not feel like, Oh, all kinky and stiff and slow, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did, uh, on this post, I um, replied with uh, a video that we made recently um, that just has some dynamic moves um, for the warm up, yeah. which I mean, yeah. are good to do prior to any run. And then um, you could do those prior to a training run to start running. But yes, um, do you, even before a, a marathon, are you warming up, Amanda? Are you that intense? No, you don't. No. I, 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 I kind of would draw the line in a marathon because in one way, I think with a marathon, not warming up is to your advantage because it forces you to be slower at the beginning, right? Sure, sure. You to ease, in, ease in, which is what you really, really want to do on a marathon. So, yeah. Okay. And that, if you did, it would be okay. We'd still love you. I just yes, but I, have never, I don't think I've ever warmed up for a marathon. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Another, um, Katie's here, but Katie here, I'll read your question. If you have any, um, additional questions, let us know. Um, how hard should a half marathon PR feel? When I first started running, PRs were easy because I had so little to compare it to. Now when I miss my goal, I always end up feeling like I could have tried harder pretty much as soon as I cross the finish line. Um, how do I pace a PR half marathon and what should it feel like? I also, uh, you can start there. Um, um, well, one thing I'm gonna say, and I, it was funny because I just had this conversation with, with, with somebody else earlier this week. Um, is that when she's talking about, you know, missing PRs and as she goes on, um, they do get harder. PRs get harder to get to attain. You know, the yes. more experienced you are, the less you have to gain. Your margins start getting smaller. Um, and, but, you know, it does, it does have to hurt. And again, I'm going to go back to like that eight mile mark, like in a half marathon, you need to be hurting pretty good, I think, by about eight miles. Um, 
I mean, you still have five to go. You need to have something left to get through five, obviously, in a good clip. But you, you need to be feeling it pretty good, I think, by, by eight um, for a half marathon PR. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you're going to start, I mean, talking about warming up, you know, taking that first mile or two pretty slow, but then you really yeah. want to hit that yeah. comfortably hard race pace, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think three to four is, a, is your sweet spot for half marathon to, to be on pace. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And then, um, we were just talking to the, uh, the running by heart rate coaches about this. Um, your effort level is going to increase, but your pace will stay about the same. Right. Yep. So, yep. I mean, that's the thing is that it feel, if it feels harder at mile nine, but you're still running the same, that's, yep. that's the sign that you're doing the right thing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yep. definitely. Definitely. You're it's, I'm sure they, they address it. It's cardiac drift. You know, your heart has to work harder to maintain the same pace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and that's where the pain comes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and Katie, if you want, I mean, there's a little chat button at the bottom and, and no pressure because, um, but I'm just curious what you're, what you're looking for, because the other thing that I just want to, um, keep people in mind with is that like you kind of said, as you get, um, faster, it's harder to get them. And I also think that sometimes like just, um, automatically our heads are like, Oh, I'll five minute PR, right. Five minute PR in the half marathon, you know, or something that is, you know, is a nice round or easy automatic number. And, um, and then you realize, Oh my gosh, that means, you know, more than 30 seconds off a mile or more than right. that, depending upon. Right. So that's the other thing that I think to keep in mind when you are thinking about a PR is, um, how long or how, how much you're trying to take off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do think it's like you're, you were saying, I think it's great to translate it into your mile pace because that makes it a little bit more, um, I guess, digestible or under, it's easier to understand what you're looking uh -huh. at when you do it that way. Is she, is it she here? Yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> that's good. I like it. She said it's, it's, it's currently a 153. So that's already pretty fast. Uh, we need yeah. to acknowledge that's great. Um, I just um, want anything faster than, than that, but ideally, I want to beat my husband's PR of one fifty twenty six. We I want like you to beat that too, but that's that is a tough three minutes off of uh, that already swift pace is a lot. Yeah, yeah, it could be challenging. Um, I guess it depends on you know like how long you've been doing it and how many half marathons you've run and yeah, where you kind of are in that journey. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely go for it. I mean, the worst that's going to happen, I mean, it depends, you know, I mean, if you want a 152, then pace yourself for that. Um, if you want a 150 and you back off, you know, you have to back off and you end up running a 155, then you know what it feels like to run a 150 pace. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, I get that sounds so uh, kind of uh, not specific as, but I, you really, it's almost trial and error a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah. And, it, and it depends upon the course and it depends upon the weather as we all yeah. know. So, um, so that's something else to think about. Um, okay. We're going to switch over to the marathon times. Thank you for sharing that Katie. Okay. Um, okay. Kara says, uh, I ran the Chicago marathon last year. My Garmin was all over the place. Any tips to running in such a congested race? Um, so the first thing, well, two things let's talk about. Um, she wants to keep about a nine minute mile pace. My thought was to keep the overall times and hope that it's accurate to keep pace, but that requires math. But so two things, let's talk about the fact that um, your garments and your GPSs may not work in the city, in city races, right? Urban races like Chicago, New York City, I think Marine Corps, they would because it's the buildings are not as tall, but do you, do you know that by any chance, Amanda? I don't know. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, um, so, so that happens and then, um, congestion in the races. So first let's talk about congestion and then how to kind of, um, keep pace if you don't have a GPS to tell you. So 
congestion in those big races. I mean, this is the, the you know, New York City, Marine Corps. I know we've got people going there, obviously people going to Chicago. Those are, those are hard races, especially when you're used to running by yourself. Yeah. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how to navigate that both mentally and physically? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, you don't want to waste a whole bunch of energy trying to like bob and weave and, and go around people and, and panic and feel anxiety that you're, you're boxed in because it will shake out and just kind of use that to your advantage. You know, this is your, it, it's forcing you to go in easy. And so just kind of relax into it and go in easy and enjoy the crowds. I think it's kind of fun at the beginning of a big race start, you know, where you've got all these people surrounding you and everyone's excited and, you know, cause, cause, 15 miles down the road, it's going to be a lot quieter and, and not, not quite as much fun. Yeah. So kind of look at that as like, hey, this is fun. I love this community. I'm easing into my race. It's all good. Um, you know, I, I, so I think, you know, both mentally and physically, that's a great way to, to approach it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, as far as like the GPS part of it um, goes, I mean, I'm a broken record, but you know, I don't race with my GPS. And so it's very, very doable um, to like, just throw on like a Timex Ironman, just a good old chrono watch um, and just hit start. And then when you see the mile marker, just take a glimpse down. And I mean, I recommend that anyhow, because I don't, I, I think it's way too much to be monitoring your GPS, like every half mile or just constantly looking down at it. Like give yourself that, that, that at least a mile and then look at it there and then look at the next mile marker and, and it's okay. And yeah, I mean, um, I know I, you know, when you do it this way, one thing that does get hard is those last miles and you're tired and you're trying to calculate out like, oh my gosh, I've got four miles to go and I need to hit what mile pace, you know, it is a little bit difficult. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts, but, um, you know, um, in those cases, I often will just like round up like, okay, I have four miles to go and I'm two hours into it. And, um, so I need to be running for 40 more minutes or my next mile sure. should be 10 minutes or whatever. Like it's very loose. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it gives you something to think about too, which is nice, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you're not, yeah. or, you know, you're not thinking about your knees or maybe a blister or something. Yeah. Um, you know, you can also hit, I mean, um, I've run a couple races the way that you have with the, with the chrono um, watch. And you, if you hit the lap button, it gives you the right. time for the mile, right? right. So you right. pass the one mile marker and it's, it actually, you're probably more accurate than, I mean, even if you were in Chicago, cause you know, I don't think I've ever been in a race where my GPS went off exactly when I passed the mile. Right. Exactly. And, you know, so um, exactly. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, it's something to think about Kara, if you're interested in trying that um, is just grabbing, I mean, you're like 20, 25 bucks at target mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, and just giving yourself the grace because the other thing that's really nice about that is you can't obsess about it during the mile. Right. right. And so right. like, you're like, you know, that sometimes I would, you know, you finish a mile and you're like, Oh wow. Okay. That was right on. That was nine minute miles. Okay. I want to replicate that. Or you can say, Oh my gosh, that was an eight forty five. That was too fast or, you know, X, Y, Z, but it's gone. Right. You can't yeah. redo it. And, and you're yeah. really like forced to live in the moment in your steps in this awesome scenery and this awesome marathon that you're running. So, um, yeah. again, that's something just to consider. Yeah. Um, Marianne brought up the idea of a pace tattoo as well, um, which you can get um, at the expos and kind of other things. And that will tell you where you want to be. So you don't have to do the hard math yeah. <laughs> at mile yeah. 22. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, Kendra is asking, she is wondering about, she's running the Marine Corps. She's wondering about a bag um, check. What are the most important things to put in a bag for post-marathon comfort? 
shoes, warm clothes, a blanket and a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, uh, what would you put in your post bag? Yeah. Post race I, mean, bag? I, I think, um, well, with Marine Corps, you know, that time of the year, um, you don't know what you're going to get. So I put in kind of a little bit of a mixture of clothing, but like I'd throw in like a pair of capris and a sweatshirt um, and then also a pair of shorts and a t-shirt so that you can put on whatever feels comfortable, some fresh socks, some fresh shoes, um, maybe flip-flops because your feet may not want to go into tennis shoes, um, yes, yes. that kind of thing. Maybe even throw in, you know, like, um, like a cliff bar or something so that um, if you can't make it to, you know, you've got Marine Corps is a big race and, and um, you know, like getting to like the feed stations afterward might be crowded and tough and you're tired and you're hungry and, you know, or maybe even a bottle of water or something like that. So that you have something re really quickly accessible, um, things like that. But I, nice. I think more than anything, like I always want dry clothing after a race. Oh, yes. another, I, another sports bra too, because- you know, I was just about to say, yeah. that is the most important. It, it really is. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, so a, a dry sports bra for sure. Once you get that wet layer off, even if, if you have, even if like your bottoms are sweaty and gross, if your top layer is dry, there's something lovely about that. Yeah. Uh, Katie sure. has a great suggestion of wipes. I live by baby wipes. Oh yeah. Um, that's a great one. Yep, yeah, Julie. I didn't think about this yeah. dry sports bra. That honestly, especially and and if you you know depending upon how modest you are, um, you know if you have a big t-shirt that you can change under or. You know, sometimes I just go for it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It just depends on where you where you're standing <laughs> yeah, and where your modesty level. <laughs> um, and the other thing that um, you know, you, you'll get a wrap blanket when you go um, when you go through the the finishing shoots. One of those mylar blankets, but um, you know, also having another one of those, especially if it is cold, if you have one, save from another race to put around your bottom or something. You know, that, those are really good um, heat. They hold in heat really well, so yeah. if you have that. Yeah. Um, well, so now we're going to switch uh, from post-race to um, kind of what to wear during a race. Um, there's some great suggestions, and then um, we'll talk about that. But Lorinda has been training in Minnesota for her first marathon, um, 70s, 80s, 90s with humidity. And race day, it's going to drop to the 40s and 50s. Um, will our bodies acclimate? And the answer to that is yes, your bodies will like right kind of skip <laughs> through the whole marathon, basically. You're going to love it. So you don't, need, you don't have to acclimate to cool like you do to heat. Yeah. Um, but she hasn't been able to try out any of the clothes other than a skirt and a singlet. So what should she wear? Um, as far as like, what would you wear if, if you have a, a Twin Cities day that maybe let's just say a high of 50, like she's wondering, she would, she wear a singlet and shorts, capris, short sleeve shirt. What, what, do you, what would you wear? I mean, a lot of it's personal preference and knowing sure. your body. I personally would never run a marathon in anything but shorts, um, because, I'm going to overheat no matter what. I mean, and, and I think the thing that you, you will be surprised at how warm you'll get, but um, I mean, the biggest solution is to um, wear layers and, and be able to peel them off. Um, you know, arm warmers maybe if you want, but if you've been running in a singlet and a skirt or singlet and shorts, I would wear that as your bottom layer and then have like long sleeves on top of that or arm warmers. Um, I really wouldn't worry about the legs too much unless like you get some really freak 35 degree day or something. Yeah, yeah. But I doubt that, you know, the time between Twin Cities, I don't think that's what's going to happen at that, that early on in the season. Sure, sure. I ran, um, when I did, the, I've never done the marathon there, but I've done the 10 miler a couple times and I wore like tights and a long sleeve, but that was also, the, I think the starting is an hour before the marathon and I was going to be done by like 8.30, right? So yeah. the difference is if you're starting at eight and then going oh. from there, sorry, that's my dog. Um, <laughs> 
But a couple other ideas that came up, which I wanted to share um, with everybody because they were great. Um, Elena suggested um, picking up a pair of gloves because um, yes. it is cold at the morning. Yes. So, um, and then um, you know some 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 disposable gloves. And uh, Tish Hamilton actually in her post for the marathon um, uh, put this tip, and she attributed it to Catherine Switzer. So I'm just giving all the credit down the line. Right. Basically, don't throw your gloves away. Because yes. you don't know, like, if, it, if the clouds come in or if the wind picks up, um, just tuck them in your, the belts of your shorts or your capris and, um, and keep them. Yeah. Um, another one so is- I many a, pairs of, of throwaway gloves from over the years for that reason. Because I, I, I have on many marathons, like, taken them on and off. Yeah. yeah. It just depends upon what mile you're in, right? Yeah. yeah. I love that you do that. Um, the other thing is a hat, a warm hat for the, um, the start um is a good idea and that might be a throwaway um or something that you could hand off to somebody a spectator in the first couple miles um to stay warm another suggestion that christy had was um get some knee-high socks um and cut a hole for your thumbs and for one finger um and put away put on your arm and you have you know throw away gloves and sleeves mm -hmm. um so you have your arm sleeves and your hands um covered in one mm -hmm. and then the other thing that i wanted to throw out there um which i learned about in Ogden at our retreat, um, which I thought was brilliant, was going to Goodwill prior to your um, race, and you can always pick up a sweatshirt or sweatpants, um, but a bathrobe. If you can yeah. find a nice fleecy bathrobe to stand mm -hmm. around, I mean, A, you're going to look just sexy and cute, um, but B, it's going to keep you really warm and it's so easy to take off. You know, you yeah. don't have to stand on one foot and get your foot out of the elastic yeah. in the sweats or the sweatpants and stuff. So, so that's what I would do. And I think you're right. It has, you know, I know that I'll see Lorinda before, um, before race day and we can talk about her outfit more. I'm happy to do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think having something that you're comfortable in for the most part is a great idea. Um, her second question is, um, how seriously does one stay off their feet the day before the race? I'm super excited about the expo and all that is offered there. Is there any problem walking a few miles that day? Uh, you know, I, I, I get torn on this one. You, you, you don't, you definitely don't want to be like wasting too much energy or, you know, like spending like two hours walking around the expo, but there's also something to be said for keeping a little bit loose. Um, you know, like sitting all day is also kind of hard on your body. Yes. Um, you know, so I think it's finding that happy medium, um, you know, go ahead and walk around the expo a little bit, but keep it in check, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, and then go home and put your feet up for a little while, but also go out, take the dog for a little walk, whatever. Just keep yourself loose throughout the day. Um, you know, find find that that happy medium between overdoing it and doing nothing but lounging. Sure, yeah. yeah. I think a couple hours in the afternoon is always nice to be just resting, right? Agreed, um, yeah. And it's not a huge expo. The Twin Cities isn't a huge one. Um, I feel like you can cover it in a, an hour or two, um, yeah. depending on how, many, how long you stop at the tables, but... Um, okay. Um, Linda has another question. Um, or Linda has a question. She is here. And Linda, if you want to chime in here at all, um, because she says, um, after back to back carpal tunnel release surgery on both hands, ouch, I remember that. um, where she wasn't able to run, she's ready to continue her training. Um, I have a good ba base and my race is November 3rd. Can I drop back into my plan or do you have suggestions on how to get back into race shape with little time? Is she there? Uh, yes, yeah, she's on the phone right now, Linda. You wanna either, can I unmute you? There we go. Oh, yes, hey, 
Hi, Linda. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I hope this is okay. I just feel like you, we need a little bit more explanation. Um, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> like how, how long has it been now since the last time you ran? Oh, well, I, I was a little impatient and I ran eight miles today. Okay. okay. How long um, were you out for, with your oh, surgeries? I was out for back-to-back. Uh, -back, it was probably three weeks. I may have had two runs out of those three weeks. Okay. Um, I don't think that's terrible. I would, and you did eight today. Um, I mean, I would take the rest of this week and next week to definitely ease back in. Um, today's Thursday. Um, I mean, Saturday or Sunday, you could try like a 10. Um, but oh, I, 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 <laughs> I was going to try to do 15 Saturday. I wouldn't. After three weeks off, I think that's a bit much. I think it's a big okay. jump back in. Yeah. I mean, you still need to, you know, you still need to ease in a little bit. You've had it, that three weeks is, it's not insurmountable, but it's not insignificant either. Um, and and so just like give yourself 10, um, you know, and, and then still next week, I would not be completely 100% back to your full mileage, but maybe like 75% of your mileage, you know, take off a couple miles here or there. Um, and then, um, you know, for a long run next weekend, maybe like a 12 or 13, and then try to get back on track after that. How's that sound? Okay. okay. Could I do, or would it be too much to do doubles? Like maybe in the afternoon, just do a really slow. Don't do doubles. Don't do doubles uh, right now. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we, want, we want to get you that starting line feel. So what was the longest run that you did prior to your surgery, Linda? Uh, I would, I would have to look, but, uh, I, I, honestly, I, I would have to look. Okay. I mean, was it over 15? I mean, I've, I've done a lot of, a lot of training, a lot of racing. Um, okay. I did Boston, so I was well-trained for Boston and then I just fell into this training and I've just, you know, I just keep going. Sure. Sure. Um, so. And are you injury yeah. prone? No. Besides your wrists? No. <laughs> That's not a joke. I, I realized that was not a joke. That, that comes off as insensitive. I didn't mean that. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> totally understand. Uh, no, no. I've been in uh, great health other okay. than arthritis in my foot, but that's age. Okay. Okay. So yeah, um, I mean, so how, how long would you want to see her runs coming up to this, um, this uh, marathon on November 3rd? Which, which marathon are you doing? New York City. New York City. Oh, fun. Well, that's fun no matter what. So it's my first time ever doing New York. So I'm very excited. Oh, no, you, that's great. You're in yeah. a good position to do that because then you'll yeah. just soak it all up. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Linda, I can tell you one thing you can also do is, um, because you've had three weeks off, um, your cumulative, um, damage isn't so much like it normally would be. So, um, I would not do, I would do like a, a final 22 weeks out from New York as opposed to three weeks out this time. I think that's very reasonable to do so that like kind of my point being that kind of buys you back a week of training too um, yes okay. that makes sense yeah yeah um so yeah i mean i in let's see so beginning of november two weeks prior to that is middle of october like third week in october something like that um and then two weeks prior and we're right uh, you can get in 220s i think and you, you would feel pretty comfortable with that wouldn't you after all all your merit if you just did boston i think Two twenties is enough twenties, don't you think? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Well, good. Well, keep us posted. Do you have like uh, splints on your wrists, or are you are they healed, or what? What? I've what? got a splint right now on my wrist that today was the first day I could change. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So that's why I, I haven't been able to run because you can't get it sweaty. Yeah. Oh, sure, can't get it wet. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, now I could change it out after I got sweaty and that's why I can start running again. Good. All right. Good. 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 All right. Well, we're glad you're back on the healing track and keep us posted. Yeah. Okay. Thank you yeah. so much. You're welcome. Um, okay. Lee is training for her third marathon in December and the course is pancake, pancake flat with a lot of turns. It's the race in Kiwa Island, South mm -hmm. Carolina. Mm -hmm. She lives and trains in a hilly area. And my two previous marathons were on hilly courses. Wondering if you have any tips for running a flat race without a, a chance for changing up the muscles you're using due to elevation change. Should she consider a surge every once in a while to shake up her muscles or should she turn around and run backwards? I made that yeah. up, but um, you know, flat courses, those are challenging in their own way. So how do you approach them? Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely do get a little bit of a different kind of fatigue from, from flat. Um, I guess it's good that there's some turns, like you, she said, I think she said it was, it had a lot of turns yes. and that's a good thing. That'll kind of change things up. And, and maybe even like when you are running those turns, maybe do just kind of, so that you're keeping, you know, a, a surge in check and not wearing yourself out too much. You know, when you're running a, a turn, maybe do try to pick it up just a little bit, like go outside of people and try to pick up the pace just a little bit, just to, just to give yourself a different little stimulus there, um, temporarily, but without making it too long because you do want to be careful about that. I mean, it depends on what kind of runner you are, but you know, for some people like you're better at just like that consistent steady pace and like surging will actually start taking more out of you. So you have to be careful with it not, not, not do too much of that, but it does, you know, but like I said, you know, using that same muscle group over and over again does get fatiguing. So. Sure. Yeah. Have you run Chicago, Amanda? No. Or no. any flat race like that? Any flat um, my very first marathon, and I've run it twice, actually, it's here in um, north of Baltimore. It's called the NCR Trail, uh, and it's just a flat rail trail. I mean, it is pancake flat. Um, okay. And yeah. mentally, like, do you just, I mean, is it, I'm not that, it's, it's not like you, I look forward to hills, but it breaks it up, right? Like, it, like yeah. you know, yeah, especially yeah. like it muscularly and mentally, you know, especially yeah. coming down, it feels good. So what, I mean, is there anything that she should do mentally to kind of think about it? Um, I mean, I do think it can get a little bit, you know, like you were saying, a little bit tedious. I mean, you know, without the changes. So, um, I guess these are just, you know, that, I mean, for me at NCR, NCR is really tiny. So when I've did, done it, like it's like 300 people tiny, okay. um, you know, and so like you just kind of are looking for people to chat with and, you know, look at the scenery and talk, you know, whatever, sure. grab whatever energy you can around you, um, to kind of break up the, the boredom. Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, good luck. Let us know how it goes, Lee. Yeah. It's coming up soon. Um, okay. Here's another Chicago one. Uh, Julie. Actually, Julie's here. Um, so Julie, if you want to um, talk, uh, you are welcome to. Uh, I've been training with a camelback, but can't use it during the Chicago marathon. So I'm a little nervous about the aid stations. It's such a big race. Will I be able to get enough Gatorade or will it be too crowded at the aid stations? So big races like that. How do you, you want to talk? Okay. Hold on, Julie. I'm going to find you. Oh, there you are. You're the big J. <laughs> All right. Hi, Julie. Hi. Is How okay? are you? Video too? Oh, yes. You are. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. So I use a Camelback and it's been great, but I did test last weekend. I did 16 miles. I thought I'm going to test it. I'm not going to use my Camelback and I'm going to test using aid stations because I, I work with a, I go with a running group at a running store and they're amazing and it uh -huh. worked out okay, but I'm just nervous that there's so many people in this race. So I'm like, what happens if I can't grab a Gatorade? And 
or I run into someone or I miss a Gatorade, then what do I do? Because I've got to wait another two miles. So any advice? Yeah, I mean, you, you'll, be, you'll be pleasantly surprised. I mean, because they are equipped for all those people. Um, so, so I mean, like the tables are, you know, it's not just two tables. It is yeah. 20 tables at yeah. one station, right? Oh, yeah. So you're, yeah. you're thinking probably like a 5K race that has like, you know, one, but, but it's, it's massive. It's okay. massive. Okay. And I would definitely say, um, I mean, one definite um, smart maneuver there is um, don't be like the going to the very first cup holder, like try, you know, kind of bypass the first few and Good get call. to the end of those because it gets way more crowded right there at the beginning. Also, if they've got them on the right and left side of the course, go to the left side because most people, we all tend to be more right-handed and like just tend to go to the right. So look for the ones on the left side if you can. Because they put Gatorade on one side and water on the other, or do you know how it, that usually works? I don't. It, every race is different like that. Some some aid stations are like water first, Gatorade second, you know, within the aid station, and they'll be yelling it out to you. You know, the, the volunteers will be telling you what they have in their hands. It'll be very clear. You won't be, you, you'll be fine like that. Unless I'm um, really dying, then I won't, I won't know what they're saying. So hopefully I'm not dying <laughs> at that point. You're not going to be dying. And they probably will have that information also at the pre-race, at the expo somewhere rocking around, you know, so like they'll okay. probably have it, um, you know, written down or if they don't, you could always ask too. It may even be on the website. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like now. Yeah. 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 Like, okay. um, the other thing that, um, I was just going to suggest if you, if you're nervous about, um, I mean, I think you can totally get enough Gatorade. You just need to make sure you get it all in, right? Because that's different than sipping from a camelback, right? Yeah. Um, or just carrying a handheld. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. that's really, you know, with the Gatorade flavor that you like. And then if you need to stop and refill, you know, just pour a couple cups into it along the way. And then that way you have it when you need it. You're sipping it more like you do on your training runs. Um, I mean, both will work for sure. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, if you want to have a backup plan, you know, I would try running with a handheld. Um, you know, you can get like Nathan, Nathan ones that have um, uh, like a strap on them, right? You don't have to hold it necessarily just kind of yeah. rests in your hand instead of- I have of, a small you know, one, but it's yeah. like eight ounce or six ounce. I thought, I don't yeah. know if I'm gonna run with something for 26.2, maybe I'll yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Or see, you know, I mean, you can also, the other thing you can do, um, which we've done, I've done before is, is carry it, um, get a crappy water bottle you don't want anymore, either a throwaway one, like just a Poland Springs water bottle or one that, you know, leaks or you're just, you're just ready to be, be done with it, right? That That's a good house, idea. You know, and just carry that for 10 miles with your Gatorade in it and then just get rid of it, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple different ways that you could also navigate that just to, I mean, just to make sure that you're getting what you need. Okay. Well, thank you. Awesome. Well, you've been really fun on the Facebook page. Um, a lot of energy. So is this your first race? Or your first marathon? first marathon? Yes. So I have oh my gosh. energy and all the excited. You're going to have so much fun. We're, yeah. we're wishing you the best. Well, we're yeah. working on a Bammer meetup. I'm been a man, I'm emailing another Amanda. So we're, we're working on a Bammer meetup at the expo. So that's great. Me. Yeah. So we have a couple people in running by heart rate there for sure that want to join as well. I know that you're all working on it. So it'll be great. I want to see Thank pictures. You. Oh yes. Thank you. All right. All right. Cool. Take care, Julie. Bye. Bye. Um, great question. Um, and Kendra had the same question about Marine Corps. So, um, so we covered that. Um, I don't have a name here. Uh, it's a, it's a race pace question. Um, I'm four weeks out from my marathon and I'm still not sure what my race pace should be. I've been doing my long runs at a comfortable pace which has been about between 915 and 930. So that's her easy running pace is a 915 to 930. I did a tempo run this morning at an 8.30 pace. I don't have time goals for this race. My primary goals are to do my best and finish with a smile on my face. So um, do you have an idea of just thinking of just a, 
what makes sense for a, a goal pace or something to kind of anchor her around and knowing that it might float either way depending on the weather or you know other things I mean I think she's the absolute ideal case for not having like she doesn't she, she doesn't have a goal pace yes yes I really think this is one of those situations where let your body see what you can do and and really be pleasantly surprised and I know that's not what the answer she wants so if that's not the answer she wants um I don't know maybe 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 try like an 845 starting pace um okay. and see where you are um okay. you know 845 to 9 maybe um but um gosh I think nobody like she's set up so beautifully to let it go and see what happens yeah I agree I agree and I'm not sure again I don't know if this person is on the call I'm sorry I just didn't uh copy the name but um you know if it's her first marathon I don't know if it is or not um but if it is then we definitely need to just um oh Katie Hoffman all right I'm gonna wait I'm gonna grab you since we're having such a great uh although I don't know hmm I can't unmute you Katie I think your name's Katie, sorry. Something Hoffman. Um, shoot. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know what you're doing, unfortunately. Kate, uh, is this your first marathon? That's me, I dialed in, but I should be able to still unmute you. So yes, it is her first marathon. Oh, I had to unmute myself. Linda said she had to unmute herself. Try one, can you unmute yourself by any chance? From your phone? Okay. Um, I don't know. We'll give her a minute to see if she can unmute. If you can, just say hello. Um, should be a button on the first screen on your phone, somebody says, Julie says. Um, but if it is your first marathon, then, oh my gosh, just go run and have fun. I mean, and just don't go too fast at the beginning. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest thing because, yeah. I mean, I, you know, again, going back to my own memories because that's, you know, the perspective I have, but I remember running the New York City Marathon and that first hour, I was like, it felt like nothing. It felt, yeah. I mean, it felt yeah. so easy and yes. so good. I don't know how fast I was going. This was before GPSs. And yeah. that's, I mean, go experience that and don't yeah. think about what's going on around you or what's going on in your, um, uh, what's going on in your, uh, you know, on your GPS, like, you know, so, yeah. um, you want to talk more sorry I, I mean i think we've kind of answered it i'm bummed that we can't talk to you because it would be fun to, to hear about it but um but definitely you know i mean if you want to aim for something you know amanda gave you a suggestion otherwise um just go have fun yeah oh my gosh i'm excited for you it's first time marathoners it's very exciting um okay carla i think this might be our last question here so if anyone else has any other questions about um anything let me know otherwise i feel like we've hit them all so um carla says um oh no a couple more questions two more uh carla deep breath um i'm running two marathons one week apart originally i was only running columbus but work isn't putting but my work is putting me in dc on marathon weekend so of course she had i wasn't going to pass on the marine corps marathon <laughs> um she says i've dropped time goals for both which is very smart just running for fun and giggles. Does this sound like a manageable plan? Um, I know it's still a little crazy, but she ran a half marathon in April and she ran, she did a, a half Ironman, a 70.3 Ironman in July and have been following the Crush It plan since. So she's got some good miles, some good training in her legs. So what would you do for her um, to make sure that she gets through Columbus and MCM happy? 
Yeah, I mean, just, you know, definitely respect your taper going into that first one. Um, do not overdo your taper, respect it, respect it, respect it. And then you've got a week in between the two. Um, I wouldn't run, you know, the first couple of days, maybe throw in one like three or four miler in the middle of the two and then go back and run the second one. And, um, you know, just like you said, you're, you're planning on running them for fun and at an easy pace and kind of hold yourself to that. Um, it's, it's not, you know, people do this. It's not, it's not, you know, um, it's not what it, it's not, it's ideal. not that crazy. Yeah. It's I mean, not it's not ideal, crazy. but it's, right. it's definitely been right. done before. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whole, and and then, you're not, you're not going across the country like Boston to Big Sur too. So we're not, we don't have to throw in, you know, three time zones in a long flight too. Yeah. So. Uh, but I would say the very biggest thing after it's all said and done is, is then, you know, really, really, really give yourself time to recover afterward. I mean, if we're going to add up this whole season, you're talking about a half marathon and Ironman and two marathons in about a six month period, your body needs some rest. I mean, like you should not be signing up for a race three months down the road now at this point, you know, like, like I would not be racing again until next spring at this point. Like just let's call it a season. Let's recover. <laughs> Don't follow yes. a training schedule right now. Just, you know, go out and do what you like to do for fun. Maybe put more emphasis on strength training and, um, you know, a little bit of cycling and swimming things that aren't going to beat you up so much. Um, because even if you don't feel bad, that cumulative effect is there in your legs. So yeah. awesome. Awesome. Um, Katie, uh, here's an emergency question. Um, she's noticed this five minutes ago and she's panicking. This is great that we're here for you. Okay. I ran 15 miles today and felt great. Then I went to cross it off my training plan, I noticed I was supposed to do six of those miles at race pace. I definitely did not. I averaged 920. I've been doing my race pace miles at 820. Should I try to add in race pace miles on any more of my long runs to make up for this or just move on? My long run this week is at 4,000 feet altitude, so no, I, I can't attempt race pace until the week after that. It's no, all good, Katie. Yeah, you just ran 15 miles. Go. Right. Just let it go. It's all good. Let it it's go. Good. And you're going to be running at altitude on top of all that's fantastic. It's all good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yep. You're good. You're good. Yep. I, I love that that's, you know, I, important questions. And I love that we want to like complete it to 100%, but good enough. That's a, yeah. a place yeah. where 15 miles is definitely good enough. Yeah. Okay, Erin, um, if you know you need new shoes, when, to get, when should she get them in training? She has seven weeks until a marathon and her shoes have almost 300 miles on them. Yeah, I would um, maybe about three weeks out, get a new pair, um, you know, which I mean, yeah, you've got 300 miles on them right now. That's fine for another four weeks, you know, to, to keep going on them. Um, I think mileage numbers are kind of arbitrary anyhow. I mean, you know, I more go on how they're feeling for you and that kind of thing. But about three weeks out, two to three weeks out is a great time to get a new pair of shoes, break them in a little bit. And then, you know, you kind of got that nice springy feel to them still on marathon day. Yeah. Yeah. And I would yeah. say definitely do your long runs on the weekends in them. So you just in case there's like a seam that is out of place that, you know, is different than yeah. your previous, if you get in the exact same style. Yeah. Um, and if it's a different brand altogether, then um, definitely give yourself enough runs in them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. And the only other thing that I wanted to mention, if there's any other emergencies like Katie's or any other questions, I love it, um, is that uh, I think someone posted this, but um, we have a new program. It's called Nutrition for Running. Um, 
colon, uh, half marathon and marathon. And basically it is from, um, Stephanie Howe Violet, who is the ultra coach. She's an elite ultra runner. And she also has a PhD in sports nutrition and science. And, um, basically what we did is put together, um, a kind of a, a really comprehensive guide um, for what you need to um, eat prior to a long training run or your race. Um, so the dinner before, um, the breakfast of, during your race, um, and then after your race. And there's like a couple recipes. There is um, a bunch of FAQs, troubleshooting, um, and uh, you know, troubleshooting everything from porta potty stops to cramps to um, whether or not you should eat quote unquote real food on the run. Um, and I just, because we see so many questions about this and we wanted to, I, we were happy to answer them always on Facebook and anywhere else. Um, but we just wanted to have like one place where you guys could go and just buy it once it's $20. You get, um, a, like a seven page PDF, um, of, like I said, all that stuff, plus a couple of Stephanie's favorite recipes. Um, you get, um, a podcast to listen to, or the video, you can do either one They're the same thing, um, talking through the materials. And, um, so I just wanted to let you know that that's available. It's under nutrition in the, uh, train like a mother club. Again, it's called nutrition for running. Um, and so just, um, and what I did is I sent it to Amanda. I sent it to Jen Gill, who does our 5k and Ragnar programs. And then the two running by heart rate coaches, um, just so that they had it and saw it and made sure that they agreed with, all of it and everybody signed off on it really happily to have that resource. So just so you yeah. know, like, it's not like Amanda's going to come in and say, Oh no, I want you doing this instead. Like it is really just sound, um, basic advice that, um, will help you if you have questions about fueling. So no pressure, yeah. just wanted to let you know that it exists. So yeah, I, think, I think it's awesome. It's an awesome resource for people. Oh, great. Great. Well, thanks you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Amanda. Sorry. Uh, go, go back out and enjoy your crickets now. And, um, <laughs> Good luck to everybody on your races yeah. um, and, and have a great time. It's so fun to, to have all this energy. You guys have done so much work over the summer. I've watched it all. It is so cool to see. And you're about to have this beautiful race day party celebration. Um, and no matter what happens, you should be super proud of um, what's your finish line, crossing that finish line, no matter what it Absolutely. looks like. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool. Take care, you guys. Have a great day. All right. Bye. Bye.